Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast with a comic book problem. Shake the shit out of it. They have regular water, they have flavored water, they have sparkling water. Um, I just love it because it's murder your thirst. It's like, okay. That is advertising win right there. Mm-hmm. They got me. You fell for the marketing. Uh, hey, well, welcome to another episode. We come okay. from France. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, how often is that going to happen during this episode? Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We are here in our second week of Sci-Fi Month. We forgot to say May the 4th be with you last week, so May the 4th be with you. Is this Revenge of the 5th? I don't even know when this is coming out. But no, it's, re- it's, it's May the 4th be with you, Cinco de Mayo, and Revenge of the 6th. And the 6th yeah, no. is when it would come out. Oh, so this is Revenge of the 6th. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so happy Cinco de Mayo, happy Revenge of the 6th. Uh, we have a Todd, an Adam, Elena, and me. I am Brian. Hi, how are you? Hi, Brian. Uh, so yeah, this week we're doing The Seeds. Oh, I'm sorry. I take that back. No. Take what back? It comes out on the 3rd. The last one does? Did? Yeah, the last one comes out on the oh, third. Okay. So it's a preemie. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that show was We're premature. in a weird place tonight. We're telling you uh, what not to do on May the 4th. <laughs> yeah. Do not read the Kylo Ren book. No. Um, so yeah, so we uh, we are reading a book uh, called The Seeds, a futuristic di- uh, dystopian. Hard sci-fi. Hard sci-fi. Hard sci-fi. I would, I would go with that, yes. Okay. Because there's hardness <laughs> yes. in this book. Yes. Um, which, there, I'm, yeah, anyway. Adam, what's our <laughs> cocktail for this week? Uh, our cocktail this week is called the Bee's Knees. Um, so you're going to add uh, one half ounce of honey syrup, and I'll get there in a minute, one, half, one ounce of lemon juice, and two ounces of gin. Now, to make honey syrup, it's very similar to making a simple syrup. You take half the amount of honey, uh, equal parts of water, so, you know, a cup, a cup, blah, blah, blah. You boil it all together, and you let it cool until it's honey syrup. You add all the ingredients to an ice filled shaker. You chill a martini glass. You shake the shit out of it. You strain into the martini glass, and you garnish with a lemon twist and a piece of honeycomb. Oh, nice. Yeah. If you swap out the gin for whiskey, it's a hot toddy. Yeah, there you go. Sure. There is a whiskey and honey beverage at Disney's California Adventure that is pretty good. I think you can get it at the Pims Lab in Avengers Campus, I think. I've ordered it a couple times, mainly because the glasses that come in are little, like, beakers that say mm-hmm. Pim Laboratory on them, and I literally bought the drink mainly because I wanted those cups, so. Mm. It took me a moment to realize you meant from Ant-Man Pim. When I heard Pim's yeah. Lab, I was thinking of, like, the Pim's Cup drink. Yeah, no. And it's not that. No, it's not that. It's not that. Okay, Adam, was it you or was Elena who had a very special drink? It was Adam. Adam goes first. Adam goes first. Adam, what is your drinking game rule for this week? Okay, mine's called... (laughs) And it's anytime they mention a bee, pollen, or honey. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Mr. Todd. Honey, honey. Sugar, sugar. (laughs) Very similar to that. So every time it starts on frames and it comes out and it's a honeycomb or it goes back in again and you see this repeating motif. Okay. Drink. Lena. WTF. Yeah. What the also fuck known as is Lena going? Rule. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it is my rule, and you're going to hear yes. me say it quite a bit on this episode. What the, every time you're like, what the fuck is happening? Take it's a the drink. Elena special. Oh God, I hate this. I, 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 okay. And my rule is for all of the Rob Zombie fans out there. This is a song that is from, I don't think his last album, but the album before. It is called, Well, Everybody's Fucking in a UFO. <laughs> um, 
It's a good song. It is a good song. Wild, bizarre music video, but a good song. Every time there is alien sex or alien probing or just the aliens in general, take a drink, really. Mm -hmm. Uh... Who recommended this one? That was I. I found so it wasn't the fact that I like had recommended it that I'd read it. I was googling sci-fi graphic novels, and this is like one of the. It was like Lena with Kylo Ren. Like, oh, everyone likes this. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, Adam, why don't you go first then with yes. your thoughts? Let's go, Adam. So I, I very distinctly remember saying, well, this is fucking weird in our <laughs> our group text. Uh, it, it takes place, it almost started out feeling like it was a post-apocalyptic, which sounds kind of weird to say this, uh, East and West Germany. Kind of, you got like yeah. the one no, side has yeah. everyone with technology and everyone on the other side is like, no, we're, we don't want technology. We're going to live like farmers and blah, blah, blah. And then you've got this chick, and she's a reporter, and she's trying to make things meet, but her boss, who's kind of her friend, is like, no, you've just got to do whatever you can to make money, and who cares if it's true? Very much reminded me of a lot of the news media today. Not like the the main, like, well, quote-unquote mainstream ones, but some of the fringe stuff and Fox News and all that kind of thing. Um, you know, it's almost like you tell the lie until it becomes the truth. And, like, her friend it's is, the yellow like, journalism thing. The yellow journalism thing, yeah. And her friend's, like, yeah. fucking an alien, and you find out these aliens are here because Earth is dying, and they're responsible for harvesting seeds which sounds like dna samples of people but they also like implant themselves in people it's really fucking weird uh that's kind of the best way to put it now that being said like the art is very very different as well but it's gorgeous i mean it, it definitely fits the mood of the book uh at the end of it all i, I can't really say everything that it's about because i think that there's a lot of philosophical things you could dive out of it or as brian said your or todd said that there's some gaslighting in there and that could be very true as well uh but it's something like i, I do want to go through and read it again because i kind of read this in parts because we were going to record last week and then it didn't work out for various reasons like because we all have lives uh, and this isn't our day job. So I kind of picked it up halfway through last night. And I think I kind of did myself a disservice by doing that. But I just feel like there's, like Brian said, uh, Todd said last week, there's lots of layers. And I feel like I miss things. Like when the one chick turns into like the, she's pregnant with the alien baby. And she turns into the uh, the honeycomb with all the bees everywhere. You got the Elon Musk dude who shot himself into space. And then he like died because he went through like a, a fireball. Um, and then it all kind of ends on a really weird, like ambivalent note as far as was it a happy ending? Was it a sad ending? Yeah. It was almost reminiscent of Wally in the sense that when the one chick got her, her she dropped, she had never phone anymore. And she's on the other side of the wall. And I was raced the guy's name, the, the one rope, the one alien that everyone she falls in love with. And she's like, well, your yeah. hands stopped twitching. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so true. Cause we're, we were doing a thing at work about social media presence. And they said that the average person touches their phone screen 2,600 times a day. And I was like, that's impossible. But then I thought about the fact that if, let's say you're just going through a news story, every touch, every touch. So well, and typing a text and, or a yeah. post or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But 2,600 times a day, like you get your little thing on iPhone saying you use your iPhone, this an average of this many hours a day. It's like, Holy fuck. Like that's how do I use it for five hours a day? Now for me, honestly, a lot of my stuff on my phone is work related. Uh, uh, and when I go, if, mm-hmm. no, it actually is. I use my iPad. For the other, <laughs> I use my iPad for the other stuff. Oh, okay. So when I'm on vacation, it's kind of funny because it'll be like, oh, you were down to X number of hours. So I do use it a lot less when I'm, I'm not at work because uh, I'm on that damn thing constantly. With like, I was on a phone call yesterday, and in a five minute space of being on that phone call, I had to turn down four other calls. I had six texts and three emails. <laughs> And then everyone, I just text everyone, like, hey, look, just so you know, you are fifth on my list of people to call back right now because I have these four people ahead of you. 
And at least they know what, you know, they, hey, like you've called me you for should a get an app that's like a take a number sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a digital number. And then I hit like next in line and it calls them back. Yeah. That, honestly, we should make an app like that. We would make a billion dollars. Trademark. <laughs> trademark. There we go. Trademark you here on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Uh, yeah, there's just, there's a lot to it. Like certain characters have their eyes blacked out, like the censored bar. I just feel like I need to go back and reread it again because I know I miss things. And I wasn't speed reading through it. I was actually going through it at a normal rate. It's just there's so much to it that... I need to go back and do it again. But in the end, I did really like it. I still can't tell you what it's all about. I can't tell you everything about the aliens or the pregnant bitch or the bees everywhere or the random rain that comes because the guy was using, watching the guy was using technology to make it rain. And then the other guy was using fungus and then the mechanical bees failed. Fungus, because... Are we going to cure the earth naturally or with technology? Yeah, yeah, there is a very like naturalism versus technology sort of battle, but there's like sort of an intellectual version of it. And then there's also mm-hmm. sort of like the, the very blunt uh, unintellectual. So it's like, it's sort of like these things where, like, there's the thought experiment guys versus the uh, just sort of action without thought process behind it, mm-hmm. uh, which is sort of where you get the wall. Um, and you also sort of, to a certain extent, you get that that um, that billionaire who shoots, shoots himself into space, misses his target, and ends up fucking on like a like a, a moon on Jupiter or whatever. But then, or something, yeah. But then the thing is, and it's a weird little side note in there that, like, it's like a lot of the layers in there, there's a weird thing where they point out the fact that the moon that he landed on has a subterranean, uh, basically essentially water source, where so the, this place, elements for life needed. Elements mm-hmm. for life needed, basically. So like yeah, yeah this, this guy fucked up, but still potentially found a way of saving humanity sort of thing. And then you have like these aliens who are basically like, yeah, they're, they are saving the seeds or the remnants of a society or of a planet or of a, you know, creature, but it only really makes money if it becomes essentially an endangered species. Right. Um, or, uh, you know, so like they're like there and they're sort of emotionally involved, but they also financially want shit to go sideways. And then like, you know, it, it's fine. And I mean, there's a weird sort of thing where it's like, it's fine and great when they're collecting seeds from creatures that are single cell organisms and they, and now they're like, humans. now, yeah. So it's all of a sudden it becomes that sort of a question of like, if you could talk to animals, would you still be a hunter? You know what I mean? If Bambi could say, Hey fucker, don't shoot my mom. Would you still mm-hmm. go out and hunt every year? Like there's a bunch of interesting questions that way todd still would um but uh yeah i don't know there's a but there was a point in time very early on in the book where i felt very much like lena and they do it throughout the book where they do this thing where they're having a conversation but they just show a single image and then like they have the conversation continuing but there isn't an indication as to who is saying what and that happens throughout the entire book and i found myself going like wait who the fuck is talking and what are they talking about and there's two different conversations going on yes Mm -hmm. yes so panel one and panel two are not not talking to each other but they are a contrast yeah that comment on each other and I think, you know, in a film, it would have been a little more easy to identify, I think. I think I love the the, the the sort of the monochromatic style of it, but I think it makes moments like that a little more difficult to identify fully what's going on. Sure. I think um, they did that a little bit. Oh, I'm sure they did. But um, but yeah, Lena, what are your thoughts? Um, what the fuck was happening? <laughs> I, I, I just, it's not been I, the most I, linear of stories. Mm-mm. It wasn't linear at all. And I yeah, am fine bit. with non-linear things. My whole thing was, I don't give a shit. And I know that that was the whole point of this book is for me to give a shit because it is very topical in the shit that we are going through in the world right now. Um, And... The U.S. is pretty much in this kind of fight at the moment, too, Mm -hmm. where it's like, we want to save the planet. Well, 
some people want to save the planet and um a lot of other people are like well why because uh, i'm almost dead so who cares because no one gives a shit about anybody but themselves but like Mild. i don't know this whole thing it just it could have been interesting when you're because there it was just a lot happening and it's not a very long book no it's not it, it didn't take long to read through even if you take your time and you have to because there are a lot of points where you're like wait what did i just fucking wait what did i read um and the like gas masks that they have on and then there's like acid rain and there's all this other stuff and it's all like clickbait journalism and it, it was and so it and then you had the whole like uh unibomber side of life and then the mm-hmm. you know technology side of life and then the aliens and the seeds and then the the one alien when he realized it like when when race who's the main alien um that you hear about who mm-hmm. is fucking and then what nutface whatever his name was Not yeah well. nothing nutbag or not Nut yeah whatever oh my god yeah he it was like well if you put your seed in her then that means i get to go do shit and and for him that i want to screw up too yeah yeah he wants to go torture and probe and you know do everything that we always say that aliens do and i just <laughs> there was like a lot there was a it lot up. happening and it was just like what in the hell are you like what was the goal of this book like I don't understand the premise of like what your what message are you trying to get across? Like every book has a message they're trying to get across. Kylo yeah. Ren had their you know backstory and why he's such a bitch and like. It just for this, it's like it sounded like it was trying to be very preachy, but it got lost in the alien seed thing and the fact that like and and Brian, you had mentioned uh, endangered species. It's actually more extinct species. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're like, well, it doesn't mean anything unless they're all dead. You know, if they stay alive, then the, the shit's worthless. This isn't worth and it's anything just, unless it's yeah. the only one. Yeah. yeah. And so it's that whole thing where it's like, okay, but what, like, give me something else. There's got to be something else. Like, I, I, well, and just, here's the thing. I would argue that that's actually the point. That the point is, is that there's a lot of questions being asked and there really isn't a solution and there really isn't anybody leading the charge to a certain extent. Like everything's sort of like, okay, well, fuck, maybe we'll do that. Like everyone's sort of like halfway in. Like, you know, the, the one alien only wants to do shit because he thinks the other one did something. And like, even though the one alien is in love with this other, uh, with this human, Lola, Lola, he doesn't necessarily do a whole fucking ton to like, like he sort of says, hey, don't write a story about us. But like, he doesn't really do a whole fucking lot. And the more that you've talked about, it, the more I've realized that the aliens I think are a representation of basically modern corporate America where it's like they're going to bleed the planet dry because it means profits for them and the repercussions don't fucking mean anything to them at that point I think but I think this book is all about asking questions okay so Tom Batards aren't disagreeing with me and that's fine I think this book is all about asking questions that don't necessarily have answers. And I think that's part of the point. And I think that's why it kind of leads you to this, like, uh, I don't know what the fuck is going. Like, wh- what the fuck do we do? Because, like, I think we all sit here and watch the news and go, I don't know what the fuck we do at this point in time. You know? Blow it up and start over. Yeah. That's what, that's what Putin wants to do. No, yeah. Putin wants to blow it up and rule it all. That's the difference. I'm saying blow it up and start over. Like, and I don't mean blow up everything. I yeah. more mean we just tell everyone that's in washington right now if you're a leader you're and you've been voted you don't get to you don't get to lead anymore 
ever, ever again, <laughs> go home, go die. I, 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 and, and no one over 40 years old is allowed to be in Congress anymore. Like I'm, I'm already out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you're Ty. the only one left, Elena. I, and I don't want to do it. I'm just saying <laughs> that like, what, you're, what you just said was a Zuckerberg statement is nothing over 40. No one over 40 does anything worthwhile. No, no, no. I said in Congress, I am totally fine with someone older being president as long as they're not 80 fucking years old like they are right now. But the yeah. problem is, is that in if you really look at our lovely three branches of government, they're all old. All of oh, them. Yeah. There is no one that represents even the us at our age. yet to relinquish power. No. And it's the to the point yep, that yep. they're 80 and there's an 88 year old representative in the house that's going fucking senile and no one does anything. And it's just well, like, I can't do you remember Strom Thurmond. Yes. Yes. That old race. Fuck. Hey. <laughs> but that's the, but the, and that's why I say we blow it all up. We start over and we just make the decision that you can't be, I'll even give you 50 Todd. You gotta be young. You gotta be young. I'm sorry. Because it's very as Jeffersonian you, of you. You know, actually well, the funny thing is it's very 1960s of her because the sixties was a big thing. I've never trusted anyone over 30. Like it was the same sort of ideas that like and 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 so you start it's weird because like the ideals are the same that the fucking boomers have that are fucking driving it like in, i mean the hippies that fucked up the 60s and all that shit um sure. yeah but you know what it was they fight they got they all got their power and now they're killing themselves to keep it yeah and i'm sitting here and saying i don't Oh, I don't want all, I don't always want the power. I just, there's no way to move forward because if you're always stuck in the same mentality that you've always been in, it's just, it, it's like, you need to get new people in there. That's why they all hate AOC and the squad. And I mean, the only, the only old white man I like is Bernie Sanders. Like I just can't. And even Bernie wait, 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 wait. So by your logic, shit over, you think but Madison here's the Cawthorn, <laughs> the 26 year old Congressman Madison Cawthorn. Uh. I don't even As want to talk a, about no, the but youngest here's member the, of Congress. <laughs> but here's the difference, Todd. At least it's somebody new. Yes, sure. he's he's terrible, but I would <laughs> yeah. rather listen. I but here's the whole thing. At least he's young. He has a chance right. for somebody to say to him, get the what the fuck are you doing? Whereas when you've got jackass uh Mitch McConnell, who is older right. than dirt up sure. there, and by the way. Exactly. But with that said, did God really have to take Betty White before he took that shithead? If that, if anything, that just goes to show you the good die young and shitheads live forever. I can't. Hey, you die the I hero think... or you live long enough to become the villain. He was never the hero. In his own story. Ugh, he still thinks he's the hero. But either way. I think, I think it's that's more... why I oh go ahead. I'm just, I'm thinking out loud. So I, I I I think that's why I had such a visceral like what the fuck mentality with this book because <laughs> I'm just like I don't I'm seeing shit parallel in this book into what's happening today and I'm just over it. And so, it just made okay. me angry. I hear you. A few things on this is the treatment for this book was originally written around 07, by the way. So they I think it was, it was a plus they did place in the 90s yeah they did two they released two issues and they didn't actually finish the story until they put out the graphic novel so the final two issues weren't there until the end but it was an interesting thing but the uh 
It's a rather short book, but there was a book called Childhood's End by Arthur C. Clarke. And this book had a lot of reminding me of some parallels. And with Childhood's End is the um, aliens show up and says, your uh, humanity is getting ready to go through a great change and we're here to document it um, as we've done countless times before because that is just what we do. Uh, and there was a lot of things that go on, but Childhood's End is great. You should go read it. Quite a different book than this, but it did have similar tones to that as you've got these aliens trying to capture the seeds, uh, some kind of seed bank, I'm assuming, or it's unique. So you've got a collector, who knows, but that's what's going on there. And what we're just seeing is the um, floor workers doing their thing. And you've got the one guy, you screwed up, I get a screwed up. That relationship reminded me a lot of, you've seen some of those dysfunctional couples going, we didn't have money to buy that, but since you went and bought that, I get to go buy my own thing too, because mm -hmm. you spent too much. So I'm going to spend too much and I'll show you. That's the relationship reminding me here. I really dug the journalist and as she was having her integrity issues of, do I do this story or do I do it too good? Do I fake it? And then if I do something and if it's enough, people want to believe it. They'll believe the lie until the lie becomes true. And it even got to the point where other people were putting on rubber alien hats to perpetuate the lie. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden he's like, oh, yes, and I have been abducted and you have been abducted. And they're going through this and they're like, really? But while aliens are among them and not everyone is aware of their existence, you have this whole naturalism versus technology trying to get it out and they're like oh don't get the bees off that tree that might be the last of what there is and what we later discover is there's a ship chuck full of bees probably technologically changed bees you don't know mm -hmm. that for sure but it's there but again it's a thing of oh they're going to be gone that's the last of them left and here's this trove is things are not necessarily gone that you think they are there was the whole thought process going is humanity kind of like a virus that the earth is just trying to shake loose and by going through this shake off humanity and then it can you know heal itself there is that i really enjoyed the quotes coming through this i think it was the thomas hobbs is the definition of hell is knowing the truth too late <laughs> that might have been my favorite quote among all of them so you have these things where you've got the uh website owner in debt going i don't care what it is truth or not is the material i've got to get out of debt let's keep going forward publish whatever it takes you've got the journalists going I want to do this other thing, but I have to do this thing I don't want to do first. How can I do this? And I do like my friend Lola. So how do we preserve that? And then you've got this alien baby thing growing in her. And what is that going to be? And I find it fascinating is there are questions and yet evolution still occurs is people were clamoring of, oh, look, it's the end. And yet as the story concludes, all you see are further beginnings because those bees might be changed, but they're going forward. This child of some sort is going to be coming into this world. You've got the non-technology side and the technology side, but they keep going. The technology side, they're all too wrapped up in protective gear, while the non-technology side doesn't seem to care. And how effective is that protective gear or not? Who knows? Everyone's smoking again because they figure they're going to die. And nothing does end. And the book ends with there's new beginnings and things change, but it does keep going. And so as the book titled The Seeds, seeds are the beginning of things. So as much as strange and as shitty as this things might end, the very title of the book is about the beginning. So I just find this book utterly fascinating. Uh, the monochromatic tone of the whole thing of 
all these different stories, and yet it's all the same. And you're just seeing the same thing playing out as one generation is finishing up, and you've got another mid, and then you've got the new one coming in. As they were talking about it going through here is for how dire these things seem to be, is it so dire if it keeps going forward? Because there's no, the aliens think, oh, you're all about to be done. And then they're like, if you're not done, what we have isn't worth anything. So just be done, damn it. So they're frustrated that humanity's not done. And it keeps moving forward. So it's, at the end of it, this book's kind of hopeful in a roundabout way. In the words of Semisonic, every uh, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Yeah. I looked that up just for that joke. So Thank you. <laughs> there you go. All right, Brian, you're up. I think I was already up. I think I sort of okay, gave my, my sure. sense on okay. it. Uh, but that's my side of things here. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad Adam picked this one. It's funny. And also, David Aja with the art. We've read him previously as Life is a Weapon Hawkeye with Matt Fraction. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's Yeah, that's what he's... I'm, I knew him for, too, so... So, yeah, Matt Fraction. So, he's got the good Hawkeye mask covering his junk. David Aja. <laughs> I forgot about that. See, that is one of my favorite moments. I, I think with this book, it's uh, it was funny because my I had my Spotify on. I listened to last week's episode. Well, last week when we record this, uh, and it was it went to random shuffle and actually pulled up uh, how to talk to girls at parties, which is yeah. funny because I very much remember a couple episodes ago talking about Todd with a shitting grin, saying I've learned so much about you. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the cool thing with that that book that parallels this one is what is the point of this book? And I think you could argue very persuasively that it's what you want to get out of it. I mean, yeah. Is it fucking weird and hard to follow? Like I'm with Lena, like this book's fucking weird. Like I was going through it and I was like, wait, why was this so like highly rated? Like I don't get it. And then it kind of clicked and I kind of got my own viewpoint out of it in the sense that, you know, it's going on with the semi-sonics thing is that every, every new beginning starts with some other beginnings end, uh, which actually that song is written about the birth of his kid, by the way. Yes. I learned that uh, a long time ago. Cause that's actually a really cool music video. And you learned, they shot them simultaneously and they, it was like a one cut type thing to, to get mm-hmm. it right. Uh, but yeah, it's the, the aliens are interesting because they're, they're on the earth. They know the earth is dying and they're rescuing parts of it, but their job has to be to make sure that's all they can get. So they're hastening the end of the earth. And if you look at everyone else, that they're hastening their own end. Like the people started smoking again because they think, oh, the world's fucked. We're all going to die. And it kind of puts you in the mindset of like, what would you do if you knew the world was fucked and you're just going to die? And I, I kind of thought of, uh, don't look up or towards the end. It's like, well, we're all fucked. There's nothing we can do. And it kind of brings the philosophical question to mind was if, if you knew you had had six months left on earth or 24 hours or whatever it is like how would you spend your time and even at the end of the book when it is kind of hopeful in the sense that they're starting a new journey we've got new life coming and the reporter decided to the reporter lola wasn't it or was lola the reporter yeah the pregnant one yeah um who was the reporter then what was her name the one that was seated Oh, Astra. 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 Also, though, there was a thing where Astra was on the table. Did Astra also get seated by Noah? And that's what I was wondering, too, because it was, it was heavily implied. And the, the, yeah, so. Oh. But Astra decided to do the right thing and be like, hey, no, this is bullshit, even though it wasn't bullshit. But she knew that for mankind to continue living and have this new beginning, they had to be like, no, these aliens don't exist because it would just blow people's minds too much because everyone was already freaking out. They were already wearing the masks. They were already going crazy places. Uh, 
But at the end of the book, it's it's, it's a new beginning, but we don't know what's going to happen. Like we're going on this new journey. For all we know, the world's so fucked, but we all did what we thought was the right thing. And that was including race, the alien. We're doing this because we think it's the right thing. So maybe this book's about no matter how fucked everything is around you, no matter how dismal the future might be and how unsure you are that there is any future, you got to live and do the right thing by you. And no matter how it ends up, if you're on a boat that you're just letting drift off into the ocean, as long as you ended it knowing I did the best I could and I did what I thought was the right thing to do and I can live without regrets, maybe that's all you need to start over. Yeah, I think that's a good place to go, Adam. That's, uh, yeah, that's, I agree. That's the most philosophical ending we're going to have on that one. I think that works really well. <laughs> uh, so thank you for that. Um, Mr. Todd, what is your grade? I give it a B plus. Okay. Lena? I give it a B. Oh, <laughs> oh, higher than I thought you were going to be. <laughs> Yay, you a were B. A B. A B. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with an A minus. Um, I liked it a fair amount. And uh, Mr. Adam, I'm going to go with an A minus with a caveat that I want to read it again because I think that grade could go up. Okay, I like it. Uh, so next week we are reading a book called Far Sector. Todd, I think you've read this before, or at least are aware of it. I'm part of it. Okay. So uh, what what are we reading next week? Yeah, Far Sector. It's a twelve issue series, so don't read it. Oh, so start start now. Okay, gotcha. Start now. So it's um it takes place in way far away from Earth, and you've got a new Green Lantern and hijinks and sure, but it's off the Young Animal imprint, so it kind of has its own identity. Yeah. So the Young Animals imprint for for those of you who are playing at home and are not aware, uh, basically what it is is it was an imprint that was given uh, like DC gave it to Gerard. Gerard Way, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, and uh, he is very obviously heavily influenced by Grant Morrison, so they're, it, it sort of borderlines on the experimental, psychedelic sort of side of things sometimes, um, but they had Doom Patrol on that, they had uh, Cave Carson as a cybernetic eye, they have uh, Shade the Changing man. Girl, and then mm. Shade the Changing Man, and Shade the Changing, whatever, it, they changed a lot. Um, and then, uh, and this is also, it's like a lot of these do different parts of uh, part of the world. Uh, uh, Mother, what's the other one? Mother, Mother Panic. Mother Panic takes place in the uh, the Batman world, and then this one sort of takes place in the Green Lantern world. So, and it's a murder mystery. So uh, yeah, but so yeah, so it's uh, so that sort of imprint. I actually have enjoyed a lot of the stuff I've read on the Young Animals line. I'm not gonna say it's all great. Cave Carson was kind of shit. I'm gonna be honest. Oh, about it. and it but, was written by a uh, uh, female author of color. That's kind of cool. Oh, fantastic. Sure. Yeah, N.K. Jemison or something like that. Yep. Cool. Always good. So, uh, and if you have seen the movie Equilibrium. Yes, I love that movie. Christian Bale. There's parts of Equilibrium in here. Ooh. Then I actually, I'm excited for this now. I, I Again, this is one I knew nothing about, so I am so, yeah. excited to learn more. Nominated for Eisner's. Oh, fantastic. Cool. Um, well, then I guess that will do it for this week. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we will see you on later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, also make sure I know one day we should record that and just like put it on just the internet as like see what you do is you take all that together and you use it in your next sound design for a play uh, I don't know how I'm going to fit that into Carmen but we'll figure it out <laughs> <laughs>